Hey, hey, welcome back everyone to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Moitza Zove. Moitza is the founder of Super Spicy Media and the creator of The Science of Facebook Ads, and she is a Facebook ads expert. And today I brought her on the call to talk about what's working now in the space of Facebook advertising and how she is setting up campaigns that are actually lucrative, even though we've heard a lot about how Facebook ads are becoming more and more expensive and results are decreasing. Uh, it seems to me, based on this conversation that I had with Moitza, that a lot of it just has to do with the level of competition. And if you know how to create ads and send people to the right pages, the right sequence, in the right phases, we'll say, that you can get a great return on investment no matter what you're selling. And so in today's call, we break down a Facebook ads funnel structure, how you should be running a Facebook ads campaign, why you should not be sending people directly to the sales page of your product, except in a couple unique circumstances. And we get into that and why. And uh, ultimately, we kind of break it down step by step so you can follow along and start to kind of map out your next Facebook ads campaign. And so this is stuff that I'll be implementing in my own businesses. And so I was really excited to have Moitza on the call with us today. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you're running paid traffic, this is definitely a must listen. And I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it. Without further ado, let's get to it. So Moitza, the way I want to kick things off today is to talk a little bit about maybe let's start with like the landscape of Facebook, how it is as a platform for running ads and, and generating, say, traffic leads and sales for a business. Kind of broad overview, because I know we're also going to get into the weeds about you know, what, it, what it means to run ads successfully. In it. And usually it's not just the ad, it's the, the Facebook funnel. And I know you're going to break that down for us. But if you could, maybe you can get this like a 50,000 foot overview of Facebook as you see it today um, and where you see it uh, like in terms of like the benefits it could drive for a business. In my opinion, it's still the best digital advertising platform there is. And I tried definitely a couple, not a couple of ones, but quite a lot of them. I tried Twitter, I did LinkedIn ads, uh, Google ads, it's all different. But Facebook, in my opinion, uh, and not just my opinion, but my clients opinions as well, it just worked the best. Um, first of all, the targeting possible. I mean, it's scary, it's creepy, but all of the targeting options that you have within the Facebook ads manager, they're endless and you can really nail down your target audiences. Um, all of the options that you have, you can run ads on Instagram, you can run ads on Facebook, you can have video ads, image ads, lead ads. There are just a ton of options available. And if you really know what you want, you're not going to be overwhelmed, but you're going to know exactly what to implement for what campaign and for what goal. Uh, and I think that's just one of the biggest benefits there is to Facebook. A ton of options. People are hanging out on Facebook. People are spending their time on Facebook. And it's just an easy way to reach your target audience. And I'm going to ask this real quick because this is something I've been kind of doing a little bit more reading about. And I, and I don't know the answer to this. And, and it may or not, may not be relevant to those who are listening. But does it depend on... Like you said, that it sounds like the big benefit of Facebook even today, even though it's more expensive to run ads on, it's the targeting is like the you know best in class, we'll say. Like it's hard to find some, some other platform where you can get more specific and get more targeted. I guess I wonder though, in terms of the platform's use... Is it something that's effective, like no matter what you're marketing and selling? Or do you find that maybe there's, you know, specific markets that Facebook is really, really useful for? Or that there's like other platforms that, you, you know, if you were trying to get a younger audience or a certain kind of audience, you'd want to go look elsewhere. So I guess like, what's your take on that? Like, does it work across the board for everything? Or is it more suited for certain types of products or services or businesses? From my experience, and I worked with hundreds of clients and hundreds of students, 
it works for every single kind of business, whatever you do, whether that's B2B or B2C, whether you have a younger audience or an older audience, Facebook just covers it all. Not only Facebook, but within the Facebook ads manager, you're also able to advertise on Instagram with just a click of a button because you can just choose a placement and say, yes, I want to advertise on Instagram. And you cover the really, really young generation as well. A lot of people are saying that um, these younger people, younger generations are not necessarily on Facebook anymore, which I kind of disagree because we are seeing otherwise. But even if you're... Um, brand and business is very visual oriented or it targets a really young audience, you can basically advertise on Instagram, which is incredibly popular with younger audiences with just a click of a button. Um, but like I said, I have, like, I have worked with different audiences, with different clients, with different students, with different businesses, and it has worked across the board. Awesome. Okay, I just want to kind of make sure that there was something that you know people could think about. Yeah, is this right for me to to use or maybe go down this path? Yeah. Okay, so let's break this down. Like when it comes to then being successful with the platform, how do you approach it? You get a new client. What are the things you actually look at first, and how do you how do you organize and put together and, and run campaigns through Facebook? I want to start by talking about the major mistakes people usually do. When I start working with a client, the number one thing that I do is just take a look at what they're doing on Facebook ads and just see uh, where they are, what they did, what went wrong, what went well. And usually the thing that always goes wrong is that the first campaign that they implement is a purchase campaign. So they're promoting a product. And not only that, but they're promoting a paid product to a cold audience. And I kind of get their mindset. I get where they're coming from. They're thinking, well, I'm investing my money into Facebook ads. So I better get something back right away. But that's not how it works. Um, you usually end up just spending all of your money and getting absolutely nothing back. So um, I tend to approach it from a different perspective. And with all of my clients, I implement a really, really incredibly easy sales funnel that it works over and over again. And like I said, I worked with different clients, but just this simple structure allowed me to scale all of their businesses and to create some sort of an evergreen sales funnel that you implement once and then you optimize here and there and just kind of add additional things to it if needed. Awesome. Okay, good. That's a good starting point for us. So now, so that's the first piece. What do you do next? And, and what do you kind of look for? Like, what, how do you start to, to begin to organize that? So I understand structurally, we don't want to go straight to a sale. Yeah. What do you do next? So what people think, um, pe people when observing and thinking about sales funnels, especially Facebook advertising funnels, they think of it as a, this incredibly complicated and scientific thing, which it kind of is to a certain point. But when you break it down, it's incredibly easy to understand which steps you should use to lead your customers and your target audiences through. So you start with the end point, basically. You start with your goal. What is your goal? What do you want to achieve with your Facebook advertising campaigns? Not just one campaign, but overall with the whole strategy, what do you want to achieve? Uh, usually you want to sell a product, or promote a product of yours and essentially increase your sales. I'm going to speak and um, talk about a personal example of mine. So I have a video course about Facebook ads and essentially 
actually my goal with my Facebook advertising strategy is to sell a lot of my course. Um, so that's my end goal. And what I do if I want to break this down and develop a sales funnel that I implement to Facebook ads is I just think of my funnel as a customer journey. And I take that endpoint and work backwards. So when I was developing my sales funnel, my own Facebook advertising funnel, I took that endpoint and then I observed what those people who purchased my course did before purchasing my course. So how did it come to them making a decision to purchase my course? And I noticed that most of them, like 95% of those who purchased my course purchased my ebook before that. And before purchasing my ebook, a lot of them signed up for my free email course. Before signing up to my email, uh, for my email course, they visited or read one or two of my blog posts. So I wrote that down when observing all of the statistics in Google Analytics and uh, in my email marketing software. I wrote everything down and then I just flipped that on its head and that was my sales funnel. So I started with my end goal and now that end goal is at the bottom and everything starts with those blog posts, as I mentioned. So now my funnel consists of step one, getting traffic to my webpage. Step two, advertising my free email course. Step three, advertising my ebook. And then step four is advertising my, my video course. And that's, like I said, it's nothing incredibly scientific, incredibly complicated, but it's just a typical customer journey, a journey that your customer goes through before purchasing your course or whatever product you want, you want to promote. Because we think of it that like, if we go and advertise that product to cold audiences, I mean, people are not going to buy. They need to trust you before that. You need to establish authority. You need to communicate that authority with them. So just knowing the journey that they go through makes it really easy to plan out a really good advertising funnel. Where do you think are... When you think as like that breakdown, I kind of like that, that structured approach to it. So... Let's get into maybe the weeds a little bit on, on the individual components of these. So like when it comes to both the Facebook ads that you run and what you're sending them to. So you backward planned off of what, like, what the end state is. So a sale of your course. And you did the research to see, okay, these are the things that I found were consistent amongst buyers, which is that they had read some blog posts, they'd signed up for this or that. And then so then you from that you structure, okay, this is going to be the ads campaign that I run then. The first thing we're going to do is run ads to these blog posts. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. So then when you do that, like, let's just take a, a, a look at that. When it comes to just that brand awareness piece, what are some critical components? Like, what do you need to be successful with that? Or to know that you're even on the right track that it's like, you know, because I, I know that's why people would most most likely want to go straight to a sales page, right? So like, okay, I spend this money and I get a sale. I know. But when we have when there's multiple steps, it's a little more ambiguous to know if what you're doing is working. And so I guess I wonder, how yeah. do you know that what you're doing is, is, is working as in will set you up for a successful rollout of the actual product and, and advertising of that? Yeah, for sure. So... I know that a lot of people just want to jump straight to the end goal. But right. when we're um, planning out this traffic campaign, what we need to have in mind is that th this is an investment. Facebook ads are a marathon. Uh, they're not a sprint. And it, they're a marathon. And if you start your marathon by sprinting, 
it's not going to end well. You're not going to even get to the finish line. Um, so this traffic campaign is an investment that you're doing. You're not going to get any sales, immediate sales from the traffic campaign. But what you need to observe uh, if you want to determine how successful it is, especially at the beginning, is just your cost per click. Facebook changed that to um, cost per landing page view. So it's a lot better metric to observe. But that cost per landing page view should be below a dollar. Um, we usually get landing page views for about 30 cents. And that's how we know that it's within the average cost per landing page view that we're seeing um, across that Facebook is seeing across all industries. Um, and that's the kind of because it's not exactly measurable, especially not at the beginning when you launch that campaign, you don't exactly know how many of them are actually going to purchase. Um, but just observing that cost landing page view is a really, really um, good thing and a good start. I love it. Okay, so that's that's kind of step one. Um, what what happens next? You roll these out. You're kind of that's how you're measuring it and kind of approaching it. What do you do next? So the next thing you do is, uh, by the way, regarding the traffic campaign, one important thing that I almost forgot to mention is a lot of people don't exactly know where to start, which blog post to promote. And what I recommend is moving forward with the most popular blog post, the most popular type of content. Don't think of something and don't promote something from the top of your head, something that you think might be valuable for your target audience, but go ahead and move forward with the piece of content that is already generating good results organically. Because if it's uh, generating good results organically, it means that it's going to do really well when investing a little bit of your advertising budget to it and advertising it to your target audience. So that's something that I almost forgot to mention, but how to continue. So the next thing that I really recommend having and not a lot of businesses actually think of it like that is just having an email course or an, any kind of a lead magnet, whether that's a cheat sheet or maybe a free chapter of your ebook. Um, if you are a software owner, so uh, maybe you have a SaaS business, free trials is a great way to start as well. So don't move directly from traffic to promoting your paid product, but have that step in between. That step in between. So that lead magnet creates a trend, the first transaction between your target audience and yourself. It's not necessarily a money and monetary transaction, but it is that first transaction because they are giving you their email. So what you're doing essentially is you are qualifying that target audience. So you are separating those people who visited your blog post and are maybe not interested in what you have to offer at this moment from those who are actually ready to buy and ready to sign up for your lead magnet right away. This is interesting. Do you find that in terms of like ad spend at this point and ad... Well, let's start with ad spend. What are you looking to to spend between like that first first campaign to the... Or the, the first piece of that campaign to the second piece, like the brand awareness to like the kind of the lead generation piece in terms of like percentages or, or dollar amounts? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So it all depends on how much traffic you get organically. Mm -hmm. If you get a lot of organic traffic and you don't necessarily need to be constantly thinking about the scalability of your funnel because you're already generating 
quite a lot of organic traffic, then you don't need to invest a lot of money in your organic traffic because you have a lot of people that you can retarget uh, for your lead magnet. That said, if scalability is already an issue for you and you're not getting a lot of traffic to your site uh, or you are getting a lot of traffic and a lot of them sign up for your, for your email course or any kind of lead magnet, so scalability is an issue, that's when I would really recommend investing the majority of your budget into that traffic campaign. So getting people to start to just kind of fall into that um, into that funnel of yours. Uh, if you don't if you don't do that, if you don't take care of your top of the funnel, like I said, you're going to stumble upon a major problem and exhaust your retargeting audiences quite quickly. And your campaigns are not going to be successful at all. Mm, okay. So there's a few things to think about there. Okay. That's useful. Um, so then we go, we did the brand awareness, then we did like the lead generation piece. And then, then I think the next step is going to be what segueing into the offer itself, right? Yes. Um, so another really important thing to, uh, to emphasize at this point is don't go straight from a lead magnet to a $500 product or a thousand dollar product. So an ideal product to offer as your next step is some sort of a tripwire product. In my case, that's my ebook. So I have a $29 ebook that's practically a no-brainer for people that are actually interested in how to grow their business with Facebook ads. Um, and that's what I use for, for, my, for my tripwire product. Like I said, jumping straight from the lead magnet to a product that's $500 worth it's not going to go well for you. People need some sort of uh, reassurance that what they're going to be purchasing is actually valuable. So they need to get that information from a tripwire product. If you have a video course, if you have a video course that's, for example, similar to mine, $500 worth, you can maybe create a small bundle of those first videos and sell that for a lower price just so people can get a better feel for your content, a better feel for your expertise. You, you can start getting a little bit of profit. Yeah. So, okay. So that, that, Kind of makes sense to me. I mean, for the most part, like obviously, you know, a higher priced or higher ticket items would be a little more difficult to sell from an ad. And so the tripwire makes sense. Then do you do you then run ads though to the higher priced offer after that? And then do you only run it to people who purchased, say, your tripwire or your lower priced offer? So that's that's the trick. So I usually do only only cold targeting for the top of my funnel and everything else is retargeting. So that's why I invest a lot in the top of the funnel. Uh, I only do, for example, I target uh, by interest. I do some lookalike targeting for the top of the funnel. So for the traffic campaign. And then what I do next is I retarget those people who visited those blog posts in the, in the lead magnet campaign. And then I retarget people who signed up for the lead magnet for the next step of the funnel, and that's the tripwire product. And then I retarget people who purchased my ebook for the final step of the funnel, and that's um, my course promotion. And that's what I'm doing, basically. I'm qualifying the audience throughout the funnel. Sometimes I do an experiment and maybe uh, run a lead magnet campaign to cold audiences as well. But most of the campaigns, most of the strategies, most of the funnels that I implement are based on retargeting for the last couple of steps of the funnel. That seems particularly suited for a variety of businesses, obviously anything info product related. 
coaching, consulting, you know, service-based industries. What about for, for products though, like physical products and especially like lower price physical products? You know, do you find that, that like all that is necessary or do you find that like you can actually streamline the process? Because I think what you're describing to me makes, makes a lot of sense when the final thing that's being sold is, is maybe relatively expensive and definitely like information or education focused. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering for, for, you know, maybe it's consumer products or something like that. How does it change for something like that? So... In that case, the funnel is a little bit different and Facebook actually changes in the background a little bit, especially if you, so let's say that you have an e-commerce store and you have a, you have a Shopify store with a bunch of products. When you're doing that, when you're trying to implement your ads and retarget your people, retarget your website visitors, the whole Facebook advertising manager when you start creating and launching your campaigns, it changes in the background. So the targeting options are different. And you're able to target people who viewed a product but haven't purchased and all of the other targeting possibilities that are not available if you do this B2B approach that, that we previously talked about. Mm. In that case, lead magnet is not really necessary. I mean, it does depend on the product business. So it is different mm-hmm. for businesses. But... Usually when I work with e-commerce clients, we don't necessarily use a lead magnet, but we invest quite a lot of our budget into brand awareness. And we have different videos of people unboxing the product uh, or just showcasing different products that we sell, trying to get those products uh, in front of our target audience. And the goal of those brand awareness campaign, it isn't to, for people to get purchased, but just for them to get acquainted with what we're selling. And then in the next steps, we are trying to still drive traffic to the web page, drive traffic to specific product pages. And then again, in the third step, retargeting them. So if they viewed a product but haven't purchased it, we retarget them. If they put a product in their shopping cart but haven't purchased it, we retarget them. And then as the final step of the funnel, what a lot of people actually forget about is to cross-sell your products to existing customers. And that's the missing piece of the puzzle with most e-commerce businesses. They totally forget about the customers who already purchased from them. And those are usually people who are going to purchase again. So if you have that kind of an e-commerce store, um, you sell a lot of your products to a lot of people, retarget those existing customers and try to sell them a different kind of product, maybe from a different line, maybe a similar product, maybe a product that goes along with the product that they purchase, um, just to kind of close the funnel. Um, and like I said, don't forget about the people who already purchased. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I definitely like the like the progressive approach like the progressive profile and the progressive approach to the ads makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that's something anybody could use no matter what what they're selling. Absolutely. And, I, and I appreciate yeah. your kind of, kind of the nuanced approach to, to e-commerce versus or, or you know, selling physical products like e-commerce type advertising versus something that, that requires maybe a little bit more sophistication on like uh, the, when it's higher priced info products, coaching, consulting, maybe uh, service-based professionals, those kind of things. Yeah. So it seems like there is definitely an important... A small difference, but it's still important. Uh, to to kind of approach it that way. Absolutely. And I think even like the brand awareness campaigns, they are a little bit different. They they do differ uh, from B2C and B2B, um, B2C versus B2B. Um, they are a little bit different. So with e-commerce, let's say, you have to show your product a lot with the brand awareness campaign. Whereas um, with a B2B approach, it, it's more n- not necessarily about 
the product because you're not advertising the product, but it's more about the value, communicating some sort of a value, communicating your authority um, on, in a different, in, uh, in a specific industry. So the approaches are definitely a little bit different, but at the end, it does come down to having a structured strategy and a structured funnel, something that you lead people through. So not just launching one campaign for purchase and that's it, but having detailed funnel uh, where people can start at the top of the funnel. So on step one, and then you just kind of lead them through to your end goal. I love it. Okay. So We've, we've hit the basics, at least of the funnel and kind of thinking through like the, the sequential steps, the progressive profiling and kind of, you know, putting ads in front of people. When you run a campaign, give me a little idea of like, what does it take with everything you just described? It seems like because there's multiple steps that that would require some, maybe a significant amount of ad creatives and marketing assets. Like, so what are the kind of things yeah. you're creating for these various, uh, you know, for the ads themselves, like what is what goes into that? And we don't have to get into details about like the copy itself. I'm more curious about like images versus videos that maybe the types of copy, if it's like short or long form mm-hmm. and, and how you, how you break that up based on, uh, we'll say what phase of the campaign somebody is in when you're, when you're marketing, yeah. if they've already read a blog post and opted in, but haven't purchased the, the drip, uh, or the, yeah. the trip wire. So, um, one thing I do need to, I do need to say is that, um, I AB test a lot of things. So whenever I'm going to give you an advice and say right now, when we're talking about this, um, mm-hmm. that I use a lot of long form copy. That's just because I tested it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I recommend to whoever is listening, do a lot of A-B testing. I mean, take my advice and test some of the things that I mentioned, but... I mean, your industry is different. Your business is maybe a little bit different. So make sure to do some proper A-B testing before you conclude what works for you. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we tested over and over again is something that you mentioned. So long-form copy versus short-form copy. Um, And that's a trend that I started noticing, let's say, a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, Before that, the shorter the copy, the better it was. Um, The shorter it was, the better it converted. So we used like one, two, three sentences max. And that was it. And our ads were performing really well. But then I started noticing this trend and not necessarily with businesses, but I, but I started noticing it on personal profiles and people like influencers who were, who had this strong presence on Facebook. I started noticing that they were using long form copy a lot. And I'm not talking about 10 sentences. I'm talking about like the whole blog posts or sales pages. And that's when I decided to maybe A-B test that in the from the advertising perspective too. So not just with organic content that we produce for Facebook pages, but doing that for ads. So what happens if we advertise that paid product with a long sales letter on Facebook? So just a long copy. And we pretty much like the one of the first experiments that I did is I pretty much copy pasted the copy from the sales page. Um, and it was an incredibly long copy. And I was like, this is never going to work. But I maybe tested it nonetheless. Um, I always keep my mind open. Um, uh, maybe if something works today, it's not going to work tomorrow. So we maybe tested that and it performed a lot better. It performed, uh, like it generated conversions for 50% less. And I was like, okay, this is, this is really working. So I AB tested that with all of my clients and uh, I AB tested short form copy versus long form copy and long form copy always outperformed the short form copy one. So from then on, I, I mean, I still AB test that, but even after a year and a half, 
long form copy still works a lot better than short form one, especially when you're promoting the paid product. So for that final steps of your funnel, by then people already know who you are. They know that you're not a scammer. They're, they know that you're a company that they can trust and they are more willing to read a certain amount of copy from you. Maybe they need that final confirmation that your product is really worth it, that your product is really good, that it has a lot of quality content. I don't know. But just using that long form copy that resembles a sales letter, it works really well for... I mean, all across the funnel, but especially for those final steps. And when it comes to creatives like videos and images, again, we A-B test a lot of things. Um, but still, uh, nowadays videos tend to outperform images too. So we have, we always have a couple of videos running. We always have a couple of images running, but videos just tend to perform a lot better, especially again at those final steps of the funnel where people already know who you are. Maybe they even know you personally. In my, I mean, in my experience, in, on my specific case and on my example, People know my face by the final steps of the funnel. They know how I look. So when they see my video in their Facebook newsfeed, they immediately recognize me and they are definitely drawn towards that ad and towards that piece of content a lot more than any other content. Um, so I really recommend using those videos, not just for the final steps of the funnel, but just try and test them across the board. And that's what I think it's very valuable. You don't need a lot to get started on that. All you need is your phone and just a couple of minutes of your time. Don't record a 15-minute video. With a client, what we recently did, and we saw a major increase in conversion rate and a decrease in cost per conversion, what we did is we just recorded like five 30-second videos. And that was it. And it worked really well. It wasn't... a. It was even encourage my clients to because he's used to professional recording and professional lighting and cameras and so on. And I said, don't use any of that. Just pick up your phone, record yourself in a very casual setting, holding your phone. Like don't even put it on your on a stand. Just hold it in your hands and record yourself. And that worked like magic. <laughs> Okay, that was. I'm glad you 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 shared that because I was just going to ask like how how professional do these things have to be? How you know sometimes I when I'm doing these kind of things on a campaign or uh, for a product, you know I do I hesitate to do video. So I'm like, ah man, you know we have the resources to do you know images, but video is like this whole other thing. And you know I see these professionally designed videos, and I would want mine to to be like that. But I'm like, man, that takes a lot of money, time, effort. But what you're suggesting to me is it doesn't have to be the prettiest thing in the world. Oh no. Like one thing that I'm noticing with big corporations is they're scaling back on their video production. So they're trying to present themselves as uh, these small, casual, really friendly companies. And they do this by just, again, grabbing their phone and recording their video. And they, and they have the budget, they have the resources, they have a professional video crew. But what they're doing with Facebook ads is they're trying to appear um, really small and they're trying to communicate that friendliness and we're going to be here for you when you need us. We're really uh, personal. Um, and so they're kind of scaling back on their that uh, those efforts too. So we have all of the options to do that too. So no one, I mean, we all have phones with cameras and you don't need any professional lighting. You just need that phone. 
record a one minute video and you're definitely, uh, you definitely gain that advantage. I love it. Well, I know we could actually go down a rabbit hole in any one of these areas within Facebook ads, but they just obviously would be you know a 24 hour uh, podcast, which would just uh, not make sense at this point. So <laughs> I think it's a good, that's a good baseline for people who are thinking through this. I think they have enough information where they can kind of like go and probably test this out themselves. But there might be a lot of questions still left unanswered or, or things they like to research or review or maybe see other examples of, of ad creatives. So where can people reach out to find you, Moitza, and, and check out your work and see what you're doing? So one best way to reach out to me is uh, through my email. I always love just answering any kind of questions that people might have. I answer each and every email. Maybe there's a seven-day delay, uh, but I do always answer all of my emails. And I can be reached at moitza at superspicymedia.com. I'm also on Twitter at Moitza Mars. But if anyone is interested in learning more about Facebook ads, um, I have a course that can be found on the scienceoffacebookads.com. It's a video course where we talk about and learn how to launch, how to consistently launch profitable Facebook advertising campaigns. So not just doing that once, but doing that over and over again. Um, and like I said, it can be found on the scienceoffacebookads.com. And if they visit the scienceoffacebookads.com slash ITT, so that's for in the trenches, they're going to find a ton of free resources, a couple of free videos from the course, uh, some cheat sheets, some worksheets, um, and they can download all of that for free and also get a 15% discount on their purchase once they do decide to purchase the Science of Facebook ads. I love it. Well, Moitza, thank you so much for this. This is a great deep dive. And I know I'll be trying to implement this in my next ad ca ads campaign. So I really appreciate you kind of diving into this in detail with us. So thank you so much for being on In the Trenches. Thank you so much for having me. Are you trying to grow your online business, but struggling to get new customers consistently and predictably? Are you tired of working nonstop only to see your income plateau? Are you ready to step off the hustle hamster wheel, as I call it, and step onto a path of predictable profit that you can scale as much or as little as you want? Don't worry, you're not alone. I've been there. When I first got started, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I started reading blogs and listening to podcasts by people I respected and wanted to learn from. I slowly but surely put their recommendations into practice. But because I wanted to do it all myself, maybe you, you're something like that, right? And you love to do, do it by yourself, learn through trial and error. Well, bottom line is it took forever. Results were unpredictable when I was first getting started. I wasn't sure where to spend my time, money, and energy. And shiny penny syndrome got the best of me on more than one occasion. For many entrepreneurs, the amount I sacrificed working literally nonstop in some cases in my spare time, and 12 and 14 hour days routinely after going full time, combined with the endless fog of war, aka that uncertainty that I had to deal with at all times because I was going it alone. I think that would have been enough for most entrepreneurs to throw in the towel. But I was persistent, focused, and I stayed humble. Day after day, I worked to grow the traffic to my website, increase my list of subscribers, and generate a healthy living for my ebooks, e-courses, and other digital products. At least that was the goal. But maybe more important than the work was that I paid attention to what I was doing, including what worked and what didn't. Eventually, I discovered a predictable pattern of growth. And so what I did was I just doubled down on those things, and I scrapped or sidelined the other things that weren't working so well. Finally, two years after resigning my commission as a captain in the army and going full-time on my online business front with my blog, with my podcast, et cetera, I replaced my income with digital product income. Two years. 
And so if that's where it stopped, I would have been happy with it. I would have been happy with the results. I wouldn't have complained. I would have been very content just replacing my income. But the bottom line is it was so much work. I wanted to you know, see if it could go somewhere else, right? So I just kept doing what I was doing, but better, faster, more effectively. Again, just kind of applying the same system that I discovered uh, from seeing these patterns emerge, right? So I implemented it. I kept doing it. And eventually replacing my income turned into doubling my income. And then that turned into a little bit more and a little bit more. But not just that, it afforded me the freedom to dictate my day and also choose the projects I want to work on, on the schedule and on the timeline I want, and to work with the people I want to work with. And to me, that's like a whole new level of freedom, especially coming from the military. It's something I've never really had that level of complete autonomy until I became my own boss. I started my own business. And until ultimately, until it became profitable enough for me to start to take a step back and actually reap the rewards of it. Because it's not all just working, working, working. And I do believe it's hard work. And I'll always say that nothing about doing this stuff is easy. But at the same time, you've got to reap the rewards at some point and take some of that profit, uh, even if you're just reinvesting it into new assets and things like that. Bottom line is, it can't just be work, right? Entrepreneurship and business is about that result that occurs, the value you've created and the profit, that that piece of value that you've captured, okay? And you want to be able to reap the rewards of that profit, of that value, that little sliver of value that you get to capture, that you get to net, right? You want to be able to take advantage of that. Otherwise, you know, the entrepreneurship game really does become just a grind. And, and for, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, it becomes meaningless, and that's when they quit. Well, for me, I love this stuff. I really, truly do. I mean, it is my thing. And so that's why I didn't just stop where I was at. I've stayed committed to learning everything I can about all aspects of this online business world and this online marketing world. And I do this through real world application. In other words, I'm currently growing several online businesses and I'm always putting my ideas to the test in real time with my own money, with my own time and energy, oftentimes with employees, you know, a lot of some, some stuff more advanced, some stuff more simple, but you know, so varying levels of complexity and again, in different spaces, different niches. And I can say, you know, bottom line, I've always loved the startup hustle, but I got to say, it's nice to now be in a position where I can get big results with much less effort, thanks to having built the foundation of my business the right way. And again, I did it all through trial and error, but I don't think that that's the way that everyone needs to do it. And in fact, looking back on it, if I had to redo it, I don't know if I would. It was so difficult to just go it alone and try to figure everything out by myself. So one of the things I've tried to do is give back with this podcast, with my blog, and with my newsletter. But maybe even more rewarding than any of this stuff, while I've enjoyed all of it, I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most, that I find most engaging and rewarding, is the premium business mastermind and coaching program I run called 100K Academy. Inside 100K Academy, I help ambitious entrepreneurs who are very driven and excited to be doing what they're doing. I help them grow their reach, their influence, and their profit using my proprietary marketing system. That's the same one I use to scale my own online businesses from zero to multiple six figures and beyond. And the same system I use to help my clients reach the New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, set Kickstarter funding records, and create viral product launches that have turned into predictable revenue streams. So lots and lots of case studies that you can find at tommorcus.com. If you're curious, just go to tommorcus.com slash about, and that'll get you started. Most importantly, this system is one that 100K Academy members and alumni have used to achieve tremendous results, like Alexa, who used it to have her most profitable year ever, or Tina, who used it to make five figures from a sales funnel that she can now replicate and scale, and that's exactly what she's doing, or Carrie, who made over $75,000 
in just seven days. And the crazy part about his story was that his online business was actually a side hustle up until that first profitable launch, which he has then been able to grow and scale. And he subsequently quit his job following that very successful week. And I think that that has been just a game changer for Kerry and the life he's living and the work he gets to do and the impact he gets to make on the world because of the great work he's doing now, because he was able to figure out a system that would get him the targeted traffic, the subscribers, the sales to grow a profitable online business. Bottom line, if you want to grow your online business from six to seven figures, but you flatlined or you're struggling, or you just want to be told what to do and when to do it and in what order, right? And you want a system that is predictable and scalable and isn't just you know another shiny penny, but actually will fit right into your business. It plugs in and is something that you can truly grow. I want you to go to tommorcus.com slash academy. That's tommorcus.com slash academy. Academy is spelled A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Go to tommorcus.com slash academy, and you'll find a page on my website with more details about 100K Academy, the business mastermind coaching program I run, as well as instructions on what to do next. Again, that's tommorcus.com slash academy. And if you're serious about growing your reach, influence, or profit, just follow the instructions and we'll be in touch, okay? Again, tommorcus.com slash academy. Go ahead and head over there now. That's it for today. Stay frosty.